Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of his presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and he wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used his awe to inspire others to follow him deeper in their lives. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. How many times I've read that verse or you've read that verse and and you think, you know, gosh, I just still am afraid. I'm still fighting things. I'm not sure exactly how to let God uphold me with his righteous hand, his victorious hand. How can I grasp onto different things that can help me get through my fear? Well, those are good questions. And today we have Dr. Nancy Meyer on the line, and she wrote a book called Define Fear. And even though this is a fictional story, it's inspired by real events that she's compiled herself. And so this is a great chance to just sit back and as a lot of us do struggle with fear, what can we do to help get over that fear and get past it? So Nancy, thank you for joining us here on In Awe by Bruce. We're so glad to have you. Thank you for having me, I appreciate it. Yeah, I wanna ask you, probably the biggest thing that strikes me right off the bat is, what is it that drove you to write a book about fear? I guess the biggest thing is from myself, and mm-hmm. I had a lot of anxiety and fear and uh, self-doubt. And so I wanted to share that with others through the uh-huh. stories in there. Um, I think we fear things, but we are not honest about it. I think especially COVID and stuff brought, yeah. brought some of that out. But I think a lot of people fear, and we don't talk about it. So let's not talk about it if it's, you know, ignorance is blessed, but it's not. No. Uh, we really need to share about that and be honest and see that. I just believe that the honesty is really huge. So now let's move it over to the spiritual side. What on the spiritual side, as our show is called, puts you in awe of God to get you through your fears and into, into writing something about this that could help others? Well, I think that what we forget to even to appreciate the small things. Mm-hmm. Because there is so much awe in everything. And if you don't see it, you're not looking. Um, from being a chiropractor and working on cadavers, you know, dead dead bodies. Yeah. It's amazing to me. The bodies are there. Everything's there. Everything is completely there that's in me living, except for the spirit. The spirit's not there. That oh, is wow. in awe. I mean, you got the Holy Spirit, hopefully the Holy Spirit, but God's breathed his breath into us, and that's how we're functioning and living. I mean, that is that it's amazing to me. And everything, life is really in awe if we look for it. And as Christians, as believers, we should see the awe in everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even like in the washing machine, when you take the towels out, yeah, take the, the top out, and then it rolls down. I'm in awe because gravity works. I mean, that's just amazing. Everything has awe in it, everything. Okay, we are going to pay her later for the commercial. Um <laughs> Because I just, you know, that was straight from her heart because she really does believe that. And, and strong. We, we had a had a good conversation before we got on. And maybe just a, here's a, just take a little side course. Maybe tell them what you told me about she's a triathlete and what has put you in awe being a triathlete while you're out there. 
Well, I, I think the thing is, is being able to do something I never, ever dreamed of. People said, I said, I can't do that. I can't swim. But God can, we limit ourselves instead of letting God tell us what we can do in, mm -hmm. in so much things. And that's one thing I've learned. Even writing my book, I was like, oh, that's what you wanted me to do, these half Ironmans, because you wanted me to add that in my book to show people what you can do. And I know when I'm biking and going up a mountain and mm -hmm. you get to the top and you see the view and you're in awe of God's creation and that not only that I was able to make it up that climb, but that I got to see this beautiful thing that he created. And it's mm. just amazing. It's, a, it's just, it blows your mind, but it's in everything. It's, it's in everything. What are any other fears that you've had in doing the triathlons where you have turned to God and gotten over that fear that you've had? Yeah. So in swimming, I never swam before. I could float, but I never swam like one uh, lap in a pool. I never did any of that at all. So at age 53, I'm 55 now. So at age 53, you're not you know, supposed to really learn how to swim when you're 50, in your 50s. But I'm stubborn too. So that's a blessing God's given me and persistent. And God just showed me, do it. You can do this. And so I did it and I saw lots of uh, YouTube videos on how to swim. <laughs> but, and actually with Half Ironman, the swim is actually 1.2 miles. So I couldn't swim halfway across a swimming pool without being completely exhausted. It actually took me, my husband tied me, we were at a hotel pool, which are small, not even yeah, yeah. Like three minutes to swim across the hotel pool. And he just kept saying swim lessons. So he thinks he's really funny, uh, but it was, it was great. Cause I just was very, I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Cause I cannot do this, but I just kept trying and trying. And I think that's the big thing in life. Sometimes we don't know what to do. We don't think we can do something, whatever it is, but if I can swim 1.2 miles and be able to swim and do that, um, you can do anything you really can. Mm -hmm. Amazing part, if you want me to tell you that, is so through the half Ironman, I started triathlons when I was 53. I never did any, I never ran either. So not only did I learn to swim, I learned to run. I ran three miles is the most I would ran before doing a half Ironman, which is 13.1 miles after a 56 mile bike ride. And <laughs> so uh, I had to learn that. But you think you can't do something, yeah, but you can. And God gives you the strength, and that's why I always, Philippians 4.13, I could do all things, all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I, when I'm climbing up a mountain or running or swimming when I'm, like, having a panic attack, which I still do swimming, I think that verse, and I get through it. My last race I did, <laughs> a half Ironman, I had another fellow athlete, because I was hyperventilating during the swim, and she said, are you okay? And I was like, yes, I'm okay. You know, like, leave me alone, please. But yes, let me have my moment. But I got through it. I actually beat my time by two minutes that I did the time before. Um, but you you have to finish the half Ironman in eight and a half hours. The first one I did was seven and a half hours. And then mm -hmm. um, I did one less than six hours in Augusta, which the average is six hours. So that's pros and everybody, So which is wild. So I learned how to swim, right, 1.2 miles. Mm -hmm. And the really amazing part is, is two years later, I became seventh in my state ranked for, by USA for triathlons, which in my age group, which is like pretty wild. That is, that <laughs> Still is cracks me up. two years, weren't a runner, didn't know how to swim. Right. <laughs> That's amazing. Right. That puts me in awe.
Yeah, so, go, go big or go home. That's right. <laughs> so let's take this back to the book. What are the different situations in the book that you touch upon that register with other people in the fears that you've seen they have and what helps in those situations? Maybe a couple examples. So examples is I had a lot of uh, abandonment issues um, growing up. My yeah. father passed away my senior year in high school and then another father figure passed away my senior year in high school. And then a um, family member moved out. So it was like my best friend. I wouldn't talk to me in my senior year in high school. And then my mom was so upset about all that that she kind of forgot that I existed because she was trying to get through what she could. Yeah. So I really didn't feel like I was worthy and had very big abandonment issues uh, and that fear of being alone and not being loved. Yeah. And uh, then I, I realized that God showed me through all that that you're not alone. He's always there. He always comes full circle. Mm -hmm. Usually do not see it, but if you look for it, you'll see it. You'll see it in stuff. It's amazing. Mm. I know like even that day, if you have a something bad happen, you look earlier that day or day before, there'll be something that God put in your life to hear to help you mm. get through that. And you'll look back and you'll be like, oh, wow, that's what he was saying. Whatever. And uh. that helps. But um, and I did have some... Uh, abusive relationship mm -hmm. and that's why I try to people uh, tell them people will not get out of abusive relationship unless they value themselves because they don't think they mm -hmm. deserve any better. It's yeah. not that they don't have courage. They have courage because they're in that abusive relationship. They wake up every day and face whatever it is they're facing. Right. But having the value finally valuing themselves and really our true value is our unshakable self-worth through Christ. And that, that gives you to be able to defy the fear, the courage to defy the fear to face whatever you need to. Mm. So anything else that you've seen help people um, feel like or help them connect the reality of God being there? You know, because the faith is part of it is we just don't see him. But as we've mentioned, there's a lot of things of all around us. And yet, is there anything else that has helped you or you've seen helped other people connect that, okay, God is really here. So I had an issue that happened to me, and I think a lot of people have something that happens to them. Yeah. You're ashamed by it. Mm. You don't want to tell anybody about it. But what you have to learn with that is telling the truth, and that's the biggest thing. So the Bible verse, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So yeah. it was something that someone had done to me and um, had a lot of shame for it and was embarrassed, but it's what they did. I didn't do it. And when I, God spoke to me and said, just tell the truth. Mm. I think even with suicide, yeah. we don't just tell the truth. It was shameful and whatever happened. Um, so some people, it might be where they're sexually assaulted or sexual abuse growing up. Just being basically torn down by a family member may tell them they're not worthy, they're not good. And yeah. if you tell the truth to yourself and to God, it frees you. It's like your soul's lifted up, the, the guilt and everything's lifted off your shoulders, and you're able to face whatever it is you need to face mm. and just to continue in life and not be burdened by that. Okay, yeah, that's that's very good, and we we all need to hear that. You know, I know when I was young, something happened to me, and 
I just, I blame it on the fact that I didn't have a father around. I didn't grow up with a father. So, I mean, as much as it was really the kids that did the stuff to me that. Right. My dad was not in my life either. And I always thought I actually didn't really get over that till in my forties. And I just thought he doesn't really care to see me. What, what's wrong with me? Why am I so bad? Am I like my dad, my own dad doesn't want to see me. I mean, he'd go six yeah. months or a year without seeing me. And I'd be like, am, am I that bad? Am I that awful? That my yeah. father, because, and, and that's one thing I'll say men and the society doesn't teach you this. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to stand out there and say this. Men are powerful. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest roles, most powerful roles they have is with their children. Yeah. Being a father figure to someone else that's maybe not even their kid. Yeah. But I mean, the power you have as a man, as a father, is mm-hmm. huge. Because one thing, you're supposed to represent our Heavenly Father. Right. Here. And I mean, that's a big order to fill. Mm-hmm. They can do that with, with God's help. But just use that as a way to really, kids, they get their security from their father. Yeah, it is. You want to be strong and powerful and have all kinds of power with your kids. That is the biggest, toughest job and most important job there is out there. Yeah. And you know that your father than having your father around. Yes. He wasn't around. And then then later when I was 13, we got into a fight because he was teasing me about stuff, Uh putting me down Mm -hmm. in front of my cousins and my grandmother, my brother and my aunt and uncle and, and, uh, you know, I just lashed back at him and I didn't see him for 10 years. Wow. You know? It builds in, sometimes you have that stuff that just sets in you and sets in you and sets you in your, you know, that's what people are like being good and calm and just taking it and taking it. But eventually all that's going to come out. Yeah. Telling the truth to ourselves is going to come out. And usually it comes out, boom, a big abrupt thing <laughs> came and, out. Yeah. One thing I learned and really, did a lot is journal, you know, do a journal. Yeah. So as a chiropractor, I used to tell my patients to write out whatever traumatic stuff that happened to them that really bothered them because mm-hmm. it comes out as neck pain, low back pain, different stuff like that. Right. It's affecting you. And it's like a toxic virus inside of you eating you up. And if you can write it out and get it out, so do a book, <laughs> journal, whatever mm-hmm. it is, to me, it's like a prayer that yeah. you're given to God. The thing is, we have it there, so with women especially, we hash over, hash over, hash over, hash over, hash over it. But if we can write it down, then we don't have to keep thinking about it or trying to memorize so we don't forget part of it. It's all written down. And if yeah. we need to, we can refer back to it. But you mm-hmm. don't, usually do not have to ever refer back to it. And it's like, really, you're giving it to God to handle because, you know, what? he's in control. We are not. And once right. we learn that, phew, that's that's the, oh, it's it, then yeah. you can be in awe of stuff because you have that weight lifted off of you. Are there any, I don't know why this just came into my brain, but are there any myths to dispel that people might think, well, I've got this fear and it's just too great or God's already not happy with what I'm doing. So I've got these fears and so I can't, I can't go to him or, I mean, I don't know why that just popped into my head, but. You know, 60% of people have a fear that they have no rationale for it by psychology today, 60%. I mean, that's over 50%. So, like, we don't know that people think, well, I'm the only one and stuff. I think as far as to your question there, I don't know for sure. Yeah. I think we are supposed to know, but I think that, I think people, the biggest thing is they don't think they're worthy to come to Christ. Yes. They're not worthy to talk to him. Yes. So, it's a fear of not being worthy enough. But the thing is, is that we're not. We are not worthy. But that's why 
he died on the cross for us. Mm -hmm. And we are worthy because, I mean, think about he died on the cross for us. We, we know that and we say as a Christian, you know, that's, but do you really think, because if you do, then you're in awe of that happening. Yeah. He died on the cross for me, for you. I mean, a horrible death. So we have to be valuable or he wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that's very true. What, what else about your book do you want us to know or understand that would be helpful for somebody that's listening? So it's not preaching at people. I didn't write it that way. It's in a yeah. novel format. Uh, my main character is Lila. And actually mm -hmm. the reader goes along with Lila in along her journey. And my hope is, and what most people that have read it, whatever they've been through, be similar like what she's gone through. Parts, yeah. They'll pull out they'll feel what they went through and okay. they process it. And then they hopefully can feel better about whatever they've been through. Yeah. And also realize there is victory and there's more God has a plan for them. That's beyond what they could ever imagine. Even maybe doing the half Ironman from <laughs> <laughs> not swimming, but you go along with Lila in the story. Mm. And I think a lot of people see that they have a little bit of Lila in them amazing part is my book too is that i've had men read it which i didn't think about them doing as much yeah um, but like my son even said he's like mom men need this too they need to feel worthy too yes i'm and glad you like just I said that. but i i didn't i didn't think about that mm -hmm. and so i actually had him change it for people men and women not just women yeah um, but as someone said, which is what happens, the women will read it and they'll tell their husbands or significant others to read it. But the men that read it said it's helped them to treat themselves better and value themselves better. And then mm -hmm. what happens when you do that? If you do that, you're going to treat other people better. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole thing. If you value yourself, one thing with the book, hopefully you'll be in healthy relationships versus unhealthy. And then that'll trickle down and, and, then you treat them better and they'll treat you better. Hopefully it's a domino effect and never, ever ends. Mm, God, I love that. That would be great. Wouldn't it just to, to see that keep hitting more and more people and, yes, you know, fear falling down. If you had to list off the top things you have found people are most afraid of, what would you say? I think it's probably their self-worth in mm -hmm. being insecure about themselves okay. and fearful of what other people think. I mean, just look at social media. Yeah. We don't put the truth out there. Uh, that's one thing I try to do with my social media is try to be truthful. Mm -hmm. um, two days before my race, I couldn't sleep. It was like 2.30 in the morning. I got up. I'm like in my <laughs> T-shirt from sleep. And I just did a little video. And I was like, I didn't do it. I just sent it on there. But it was like, I'm worried. I'm scared. But in here, I've done three of them. But you get that panic in you. But nobody says that. There's no truth out there. So um, not no truth. I mean, we're trying to, right? But yeah. the social media, a lot of it is all just, look, here's my great life. Instead of like, you know, this stinks. I can still have a great life, but also right. I hard times. Um, and, and I think the other fears are just, it could be from whatever you've been through from growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, fear of abandonment. Fear of not ever being loved. I think a, a lot of young people... Uh, especially if they've had children that they didn't plan that they're going to mm -hmm. always be alone and not have something. Um, yeah. I was talking to a young lady today and she had a child early 
and she talked about being fearful of not ever being in a relationship and she hadn't finished school. Why are you not finishing school? You're, you're telling yourself you're not capable of doing that. She goes, well, I have a child. I said, I don't care. It'll be hard work, but do it for yourself. I said, mm. not, I don't even care if money makes more money or what, do it for yourself. Yeah. And I think we forget to do that. I mean, pray about it. See if it's in God's will. Whatever you do, it should never contradict God's word, ever. Mm. If it does, then you know it's not. But I, I think we're in the society where we have to be perfect, but nobody is. The yeah. one that was perfect, he got crucified. So you know what? I'm that's okay. I don't want to do that. I had six ulcers at one time in my life, and I was a freshman in undergrad. So the doctor thought for sure she's an alcoholic, but I actually have never drank. I, I've never, mm -hmm. drank. I've never been drunk. None of that. And so I was having stomach pains, and I was like, I was waking up in the middle of the night, and then uh, I realized that, you know, something's going on here. So they did a. Um, Endoscopy. Yeah. Well, first they did uh, um, uh, what is it? The fluid where they just check and and they didn't find yeah. anything. And then then they did the endoscopy, and I woke up with six ulcers, one the size of a quarter, ready to bleed, wow. and purely stress. So I am like the queen of stress. So the queen mm -hmm. of anxiety, and also, and that's what I tell my patients do. But you have to learn to control it. So exercise. I mean, that's huge, even for me now exercise. And mm -hmm. you don't necessarily feel great when you're doing it, but as soon as I start, I can feel the stress relief come over me. But they had me on medication and stuff like that, that, and I was like, okay, I don't even drink caffeine. And um, can you imagine wow. me jacked up on caffeine? <laughs> but, um, but I don't even drink that. So I was like, this is weird. And like, yeah, it's cool. I'm like, no, I don't like it. So I had to learn how to manage it and yeah. manage my stress because of having all those ulcers. I, like I said, a freshman in, in college, what do you have to worry about? But it's all that pressure. I was trying to be the perfect daughter, perfect, you know, friend, perfect volleyball player, perfect volleyball in college, perfect, you know, everything. And, and yeah, I know it's hard to believe, right? But yeah. <laughs> really hard to believe. Yeah, really hard to believe. You're stretching my imagination. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but you it have was... to find what works for you, and, and that's the thing is, you know, in society, if you don't fit in the box, mm -hmm. then you're wrong. Yeah. But that's not true. Maybe the box is wrong. Mm -hmm. to find what works for you and if that's you're a little bit quirky or different with it that's that's okay that's that's actually beautiful it is beautiful so before we go tell us uh, i know you're you can get your book on amazon anything mm -hmm. else any place else we should look for and then also how can people find out more about you yeah so um uh, dr nancy com <laughs> is my website um, and actually, you can get to it by selfworthquiz.com. That's coming soon to actually take a self-worth quiz, too, um, to go to my website. So you can do that. And then Amazon, everywhere books are sold, my book's available. And I'm going to be starting a podcast, and I'll too soon, with just what I love. And this is what I encourage everybody to. People you meet, I mean, I never meet a stranger, but everybody you meet has a special story. You know what? Including mm -hmm. the person that's listening right now has a special yeah. story. And I see it all the time in people. And I think we need to just take time out to see what is the special thing about this person. And when you feel it, tell them that. Let's tell them that. Let's just mm. start telling them, be positive and say a kind word to, you know, anybody. Very good. I love that. Well, thank you so much for giving us this insight into kind of defying fear and, and what we can do about it, writing a book so it can help people. I know how stories work. People love stories. Our brains are wired for them and they can hit our heart so much better. So thank you for everything you've done there. And we'll put all this up on the website so people can find you. 
Yeah, and, and you can go to, I'm on Facebook too, and Instagram, Dr. Nancy Meyer on Instagram, and in Facebook, it's uh, Dr. Nancy Meyer Official, I think, is it? Dr. Nancy Meyer Official. Yeah. Or Dr. Nancy Meyer Author. I got to look at that. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, well, uh, maybe send it yeah. to me or send it to Callie okay. and yeah, I'll do that. get it over. Yeah, those things, because then I can put them up. Okay, I appreciate it. You know, life is hard. Life is really hard. You have yes. different things that happen. My husband actually had, uh, got him married now, happily married to, which I never, ever thought I would. It wasn't what I was looking for. He's short and hairy. <laughs> but he is a wrestler, okay? So you're a wrestler. So, that's so I'm happy for that. It's funny because what you think you want and yeah. what God tells you can be so different. Mm -hmm. and it can be beautiful. And I've never felt cherished before like oh. I do now, which oh, is that's great. I encourage everybody to stretch out of their comfort zone, mm. but keep in the word of God. And know that you're worthy and that, you know what, it's okay. You you are worthy and you are loved and cherished and you are good enough. Oh, praise God. That is a beautiful way to end, Nancy. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. All and, right, uh, we'll see you. Thanks for being in awe. Yeah, I am in awe of you. So thank you. All right, God thank bless. you. All right, bye.